Good morning, everybody, and uh, welcome to River Glen here in Waukesha, online in Pewaukee, hey, whatever your location. We're just delighted uh, to have you here. If it's your first time, we are just thrilled uh, to have you join us. Welcome to September Fest weekend, and I uh, hope you will stick around and, and enjoy some fun after the service. Today we're beginning a new series called Made for More. It's going to continue for the next four uh, weekends because uh, many people just feel unsure of their purpose in life and the reason why God uh, created them. They have the same routine every day, you know, get up, go to work or school, uh, run some errands, watch TV, and they think that's all there is and there's nothing they can do about it. But God wants you to know that you were made for more. Here's the question we're going to ask in this series. What is the more that God made you for? What is what is the more that you were made for? I believe every single one of us has opportunities in our life that we have yet uh, to discover or realize. You and I were made uh, to do more, to risk more, to trust more, to overcome more, to achieve and accomplish more than we probably think right now. Here's the key verse for this series from Ephesians chapter 2. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Every single person watching right now online in this room, you are a masterpiece. You probably don't hear that very often, but you are God's masterpiece. It means that, that there is something uniquely special about the way that God made you. You are intelligently and beautifully created for a purpose that God has uh, for, for, for you. Uh, and every time God looks at you, he says, wow, what a masterpiece. And uh, it also means uh, the person sitting next to you uh, right now is also a uh, masterpiece. You know, they might not look like it, but it's, it, maybe it's hidden, okay? But it's in there. It's in there somewhere. There's a masterpiece in every person. God made everyone for more. Here's the big idea for today's uh, message. You have no idea what hangs in the balance of a single decision in your life. You have no idea what God might uh, do. Recently, somebody asked me uh, where, where I met my wife. And I, I told them, well, we met in college. We met at a small college uh, in the middle of nowhere in central uh, Illinois, in the middle of all these uh, cornfields. And then they asked a question that I hadn't really thought about for a while. They said, why did you go to college uh, there? And you know what? I almost didn't. It was a last-minute uh, decision. Uh, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense at the uh, time, kind of a risky uh, decision. I had planned after high school to go to UWM, downtown Milwaukee, but after I graduated, I went to a week of summer camp and some college students from this school in Illinois were there. And I, I made a decision. I changed my mind. Last minute, I decided to go to the school in, in Illinois for one or two uh, semesters, and then I would come back to UWM. But the first weekend of college, I met a girl I really liked named Marnie, and we eventually uh, got married. And I made some friends that, are, that, that, that have continued to this day, and my faith started growing. And I not only graduated from that school, I began to discover the, the purpose that, that God has for me, the more uh, that God uh, has for me. I'm telling you, you have no idea what hangs in the balance 
of a single decision in your life. You have no idea what God might do if you take a step forward. As I prepared for this message, I did some reading in Mark chapter 1. Mark is one of the four biographies about Jesus in the New Testament. Oftentimes they're called the four, uh, four uh, gospels. And I've read this section many times, but something stood out to me this time because I read it from the perspective of the Father. Yeah, and that changed everything. Let's, let's take a look at what it says here. Uh, when Jesus had gone a little farther, he saw uh, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father, Zebedee, in the boat with the hired men and followed him. So let me, let me explain what's going on here. We've got two brothers. We've got James and John, and they're in a fishing boat with their dad, Zebedee. And they see this guy named Jesus walking along the shore. We think they probably knew who Jesus was. Jesus was a rabbi. He had been doing some teaching. People had t- told stories about miracles that he had done. But James and John look at their father, Zebedee, and they say, hey, dad, you know, you see that guy on the shore there? Long, long hair, sandals, a robe, uh, thinks he's God. Yeah, we're going to go follow him. And so good luck with the family business. I think if my two sons said that to me, I, I did that, I think I might call the police. Yeah, if my son came to me and said, uh, dad, you know, we met this guy named Jesus, uh, long hair, robe, sandals, uh, thinks he's God. Hug mom goodbye for us. Yeah, I don't know that I'm okay um, with that. But we read it in the Bible and we just kind of gloss over it because we think, well, yeah, sure. Of course, they're going to go follow. They're going to get out of the boat and they're going to follow Jesus. But if you really think about it, this is shocking in so many ways. I mean, it's shocking. First of all, that Jesus would, would invite two ordinary fishermen to come and, and, and follow him. I mean, why not invite uh, two uh, educated, highly educated religious people with degrees after their name? That would bring more credibility to Jesus as a teacher. And it's shocking that James and John would say yes. I mean, wouldn't they want like a steady income and, and predictable future connected to the family business? And it's shocking that their dad, Zebedee, would say that they could go. But James, John, and Zebedee had no idea when they dropped their nets that day what that single decision would do in their life. James and John went on to witness the resurrection of Jesus. John, Scripture refers to John as the disciple whom Jesus loved. When Jesus hung on the cross, he looked out among the crowd. He singled out John, and he said, would you take care of my mom? After I die. John went on to write the fourth gospel, creatively titled the Gospel of of John. And he wrote the most famous verse in the entire Bible. Here it is. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 3.16. Jesus said those words. But John wrote them down. John wrote four other books in the New Testament, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John, and the book of Revelation. In Revelation, God gives John a peek into eternity and into heaven. Good thing John didn't stay in the boat with his dad, right? He would have missed out on so much. I'm telling you, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of a single decision in your life. Ben Malcolmson uh, spent the last 14 years working as the right-hand man of uh, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks NFL football team. Before that, uh, Ben Malcolmson played wide receiver at USC on their football team. One day, he felt led by God 
to try and reach his teammates. And so he said, I think I'm going to start a Bible study. And uh, nobody came. He decided, I'm going to hold a prayer meeting. Nobody showed up. And then he finally decided, I'm going to put a Bible in each one of my teammates' lockers. The next day, when Ben came into the locker room, he kind of expected to see all his teammates sitting down with their Bibles open, you know, reading and, and uh, you know, worship music playing over the locker room. Uh, but instead, some of his teammates had torn up their Bibles and, and, and threw strips of paper on the floor. He found uh, Bibles in the trash can, trash can. Ben said, I've never felt so foolish in my life. Years later, a former teammate, uh, Ben ran into a former, former teammate, and the teammate said, remember that day when you put uh, Bibles in everybody's locker? Ben said, yeah, I remember that day. He said, well, I never had a chance to tell you this, but one of our other teammates knew nothing about Jesus and the Bible. And so he walked over to me and he said, you know, what's the deal with this? And I told him about Jesus and the difference that Jesus can make in your life. And that teammate prayed and gave his life to Jesus that day, that, that very day in the locker room. He said, he said to Ben several years later, that teammate died tragically, but I wanted you to know that he made a decision for Christ before he did. And the teammate said to Ben, he said, you know what the guy didn't know? I mean, I, I'd grown up in a Christian home. That's why he came to me with his question about Jesus and the Bible. But in college, I had fallen away. But that day, leading another person to faith in Christ, that, he said, that was the most exhilarating experience in my life, to see another person have eternity. He said, I gave my life back to Jesus uh, that day, and I've never looked back. And I just thought that you should know. I'm telling you, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of a single decision in your life. You have no idea what God might do. Uh, ben Malcolmson had no idea when he put Bibles in his teammates' lockers that it would lead one of them to Christ and it would lead another one back to Christ. I had no idea a last-minute college decision would change my life and allow me to, to serve th this church in this role uh, today. And James and John had no idea when they put down their fishing nets that day that they would go on to become leaders in the early church, that they would witness the resurrection of Jesus and that they would write uh, books in the Bible. And you have no idea what God will do in your life when you take one step toward following him. And so today what I want to do is I want to give you two questions that really just come from Mark chapter 1. And I hope that you will think about these questions and talk about these questions on the car ride home because I really believe these two questions can help you take a step toward following Jesus. doesn't matter if you're not a Christian or a new Christian, or maybe you've been a Christian for, for, for many years. These two questions can help you take a step. And when you take a step, you have no idea what God might do. All right, here's the first uh, question I want you to wrestle with today. What do you need to leave behind? James and John had to leave some things uh, behind. First of all, they had to leave their dad, Zebedee, behind. He was still in, in the boat. And, you know, you got to wonder as James and John uh, walk off the boat and leave uh, their dad 
if Zebedee had some emotions that he was feeling, like, uh, guys, I, I thought you were going to take over the family uh, fishing business. I'm going to retire in a couple of years, and, and I was planning to just, to just hand the whole thing over to you. You wonder if he had some thoughts of, well, you know, I wanted you to go to this university and have this job and make this, make this uh, certain income, which raises the question, if you're a parent, what's more important? That your kids have a high-paying job, that they would take over the family business, that they, would, that they would attend the same university as you do, or that your kids follow Jesus wherever that might lead them. James and John also had to leave uh, behind a lucrative family business. You say, how do you know it was lucrative? Well, a few verses earlier, it tells us that Peter is, is standing on the shore fishing, and uh, James and John come flying by in one of these mastercrafts, um, <laughs> NX uh, 22, and Peter feels like a chump. Now, it wasn't a mastercraft uh, NX-22, but it does say something. Check this out about the boat that, that, that uh, Peter and, and uh, or James and John were in. It says that they had hired men in the boat. Interesting. You know what? That's an indicator of great wealth in the uh, first uh, century. And James and John left it all behind. For what? I mean, Jesus didn't offer benefits like medical insurance or, you know, matching 401k, uh, retirement plan. Jesus didn't offer uh, stock options. I mean, they, they, they left all that uh, b behind. There was, there, was, there was none of that. Jesus said things like, if you follow me, uh, you're going to have to carry your cross. And James and John did. Later on, James, we learned that he was executed for his uh, faith. John had to live in exile on an island off Greece called Patmos until he uh, died. Both of them had to leave something um, behind. I don't know if you've ever heard of uh, Greg Laurie. Greg Laurie uh, travels around really the world and holds conferences and tells people about Jesus and invites people to uh, put their faith in Jesus. Back in the 1980s at one of his events, at a conference, he invited people to uh, put, put faith in Christ, and a drug dealer came forward. And when the drug dealer came forward, he, uh, he actually handed his pager to the counselor. Now, I need to pause for a moment because we've got a younger audience here, and some of you are like, what is a pager? Um, <laughs> Is that like an app that helps you find your iPhone? I do not know what, what, a, what a pager is. Well, back in the olden days, you know, we had these devices called pagers that were like cell phones but not as uh, sophisticated. If somebody wanted to get a hold of you, they would page you, and their number would show up on their pager, and then you would go find a, a payphone, and you would call them. Some of you are like, what is a payphone? I'm, ki I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But this drug dealer attends this conference. True story. And he came down front, and he hands his pager to the counselor. Why? Because that's how he made drug deals. When people wanted to buy drugs, they would page him. And he says, I don't need that anymore. A few weeks later, the counselor followed up and called the uh, now ex-drug dealer, kind of see how he was doing. And uh, the counselor said, what are you up to? He said, well, I'm cutting the grass. And the counselor said, oh, so outside doing some yard work? He said, uh, no, I'm mowing down my uh, marijuana plants. I'm cutting the grass. Yeah. I like that story because that guy made a clean break with his past. Let me ask, is there anybody here today who needs to make a clean break 
with your past. I talk to many people and it's like they've got one foot in church world and a relationship with Jesus and the other foot in this old, uh, in this old life. Anybody here need to leave something behind? Maybe, maybe an old uh, habit that is destructive in your life. Maybe it's some old friends that pull you down. Maybe it's an old girlfriend or old boyfriend that was toxic in the relationship. Leave behind an old way of thinking that's negative, cynical. Maybe, maybe you need to leave behind the dreams that you had for the future. You had this ideal life in your mind, but it's not happening. And God has something different for you. Here's some great advice that I heard uh, many uh, years ago, and it has just stuck with me. Hold tight to God and loose to everything else. God, I'm going to hold on tight to you. God, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what my circumstances are, God, I'm not letting go of, of, of you, but everything else, it's yours. I mean, uh, my kids, I parent them uh, for a period of time, and then they uh, move on. They're, they're yours. My finances, it all comes from you in the first place. It's yours. My future steps, God, are determined by you. It's yours. I'm going to hold everything else loosely. Paul wrote these words in Philippians chapter 3. He said, one thing I do, forgetting what is behind. Anybody here need to forget something from the past? And he says, I'm straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God's called me heavenward. The prize is eternal life. The prize is knowing Jesus Christ. There's an old hymn that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. What is it you need to leave behind today? Here's the second question I hope you'll wrestle with a little bit. And that's this. Where do you need to say yes? To God. So what do you need to leave behind and where do you need to say yes? When, when Jesus called out to James and John and he said, he said, hey, come follow me. You know, I don't think that was the plan for James and John that day. I don't think they planned to drop their nets and follow Jesus. But God interrupted their plans. And sometimes uh, God interrupts our plans. And the question is, will we say Yes, look at this verse again with me. It says, without delay, he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat uh, with the hired men and followed him. Without delay, other translation says, immediately, James and John, I mean, they didn't hem and haw, you know, they didn't flip a coin to see if they're going to follow Jesus or play, you know, rock, paper, uh, scissors to see if they're going to get out of the, 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 the boat. When you know the step, that God wants you to take. Uh, don't delay. Don't debate. Take that step now because here's what's true. Delayed obedience is really disobedience. Delayed obedience is, is, is disobedience. Imagine if I said uh, to my kids, imagine uh, when my kids were, were little, when they're growing up, imagine I said to them, uh, hey, kids, I need you to clean your rooms up, your room up in the next hour. Uh, we've got some company coming over. And then three hours later, I go back and check on them, and they haven't touched their, their room. Um, this could be a, a real story, uh, by, by the way. And they go, I was going to do it. I was going to do it. I was going to do it in the morning. I, I have more time then. But that's not obedience. Delayed uh, obedience is disobedience. Don't put off until tomorrow what God wants you today. T today, take that step. 
today. Here's a picture of our granddaughter, Emily. She's about one year old here. And uh, she's, she's taking one of her first steps. And she's kind of wobbly. You know, she took one step, two steps, three steps. What do you do in that moment as a parent or, or a grandparent? I mean, you lose your mind, right? I mean, you're grinning from ear to ear. You look foolish. I mean, cheering your kid on. And then they, and then they fall down, but you're not like, hey, get up, loser, right? Oh. <laughs> because you just rejoice to see them take even one step. And God rejoices when you take one step toward following uh, him. In the book of Zechariah, uh, chapter 4, it says, Do not despise these small beginnings. Some of the greatest accomplishments in your life have small beginnings. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Uh, God's like a proud parent. And he rejoices when he sees you take even, even one step. Maybe you're feeling led uh, to spend more time uh, with God in the mornings to start your day. Wouldn't it be amazing, I mean, to start your day with some Bible reading and some uh, prayer and, and go into your day with that, with that uh, mindset? If you're feeling led to do that, get it on your calendar. Uh, pick out a place. Uh, pick out a time. Pick out a Bible reading plan. Maybe go to the YouVersion app. Maybe download that app. There are hundreds of free Bible reading plans on, on uh, YouVersion. They can even send you a notification each day that says, it's 9 a.m., read your Bible, let's go. Maybe you feel led to join one of our new groups. We're getting ready to launch new alpha and rooted groups. Great opportunities to connect with other people and learn and grow. My wife and I, we actually went through Rooted three times. I mean, we, we, just, we just love it. It helped us so much. Maybe you feel led to be generous. You kind of hold on to your money tight. You don't give much to the, uh, the work of God. And you say, God, I'm going to set a goal of giving 5% or working my way to 10%, taking a portion of my income and giving it, giving it back to your work through the church, but you have to get started. Pastor Craig Grishel has this great statement. He says, don't let the start stop you. We do that sometimes. We, we let the start stop us. We want to eat healthy. We want to start exercising, but we never get started. Don't miss this. James and John, they had to step out of the boat. They had to take that first step. They had to say yes without delay. In his book, uh, Talking with God, Pastor Adam Weber, look at this. He says, one of the clearest ways I can see if someone is growing in his or her relationship with God is that person's willingness to say yes to God, to big things, to small things, and particularly to things that don't make sense or are out of one's comfort zone. You want to know if you're growing in your, in your faith? You want to know if you're growing in your relationship with God? Hopefully you're learning more about the Bible. That's, that's great. But the true indicator... How willing are you to say yes to God? Is there anywhere in your life where you need to say yes to God today? You know what word gets in the way? I think more than any other word gets in the way of people saying yes to God. It's the word but. You know, for example, hey, I, you know, I, feel, I feel led to get involved and volunteer in RG Kids, but I don't think I know enough about the Bible. But I don't think I have what it takes. But... I don't have time. I came across a message series from another church, and they called this series Losing Our Butts. That's a great message <laughs> series. Got to lose our butts. And the series was all about excuses. 
uh, that we make to God. I mean, imagine if some of the men and women in, in Scripture allowed their excuses, you know, to get in the way of how God uh, wanted to use them. Imagine if Mary was like, but I'm just a servant girl. Find somebody else to give birth to the Son of God. Imagine if Moses said, but I'm not qualified. He just grabbed a bucket of water and poured it on the burning bush. Imagine if uh, Noah said, but it's not even raining yet. I'll take my chances. Imagine if David said, but the giant is so big, I'm out. Imagine if the little boy with five loaves and two fish said, but what if there's not food for me to eat? I'm going to hold on to it. They would have missed out on something amazing, something extraordinary that God wanted to do in, in their life. Where, where, do you need, where do you need to say yes to God today? Where is God waiting for you to say yes without a but attached to it? I want you to hear from a couple who attend our church with their uh, children and how they chose to say yes to God. Take a look. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm Jordan. We attend both the Waukesha and Pewaukee campuses. We came to River Glen in 2017 at the good old farm night. There were lots of animals and a service and one of my girlfriends invited us and so we attended farm night. Initially I was overwhelmed because it was huge and I grew up in a small church but it very quickly felt like home. I think we both grew up knowing that Christ should be our foundation and you know once we got into our adult years and then decided ourselves I think we kind of knew but then just made the commitment. I think really from the day we took our vows, we have made it a priority. Ever since then, we got really involved. Because um, I will admit, when I first came, I thought, gosh, they're a huge church. It runs smoothly every week. They don't need us. On the outside looking in, you see things running smoothly. But once you're in there, you're behind the scenes just a little bit. Just peek open the curtain and you see there's, there's need. God wants us to serve others and um, what better way than at your own church to get involved? You know, there's so many things outside of these walls that we then can sprinkle seeds to others in the community. Um, and when we're here, you know, whichever weeks we're here serving, you know, we're pouring into to the body of Christ and to our brothers and sisters. And there's just a, a camaraderie that goes on that's genuine outside of the walls of the building. When you're when you're talking to people in, in helping to, to guide their lives in a, in a way that is positive and help them find their way out of the woods is a good thing. It, it, it feels good. And honestly, I just don't see not coming to church. Like if we miss a weekend, we were talking about this, it's like, yeah, we can see it online, but it's just not the same as walking through the doors and seeing our people and, um, you know, encouraging others and being encouraged. You, you truly see the caring that people have here. Yeah, let's give Sam and Jordan a hand for sharing their story uh, with us. Yeah, I was thinking about how easy, it would be easy for them to, to come up with some excuses like, you know, River Glen doesn't need our help. But they looked more closely and they found that we have openings for volunteers, and, and we do. We have, we have many openings uh, for uh, volunteers. And, and they've, got, they've got a large family. They've got five kids. I mean, 
I bet it takes, on some weekends, it takes heroic effort for them to get everybody here. But they choose to say yes. And God's filling them uh, with more. God's filling them with more joy, more love, more uh, purpose. God's using them to serve others. Here's what I believe. God's best for us is on the other side of yes to him. God's best for you. The more uh, that God has for you is on the other side of saying yes to him. So where is God leading you to say yes today? Maybe God's leading you to start attending here and to make it a habit. I'm telling you, the more time you spend with God in a gathering like this, the more he's just going to fill you uh, with his love, with his joy, with, with, his, with his purpose. And you're going to just start overflowing. And you'll be able to pour into other uh, people. Maybe God's leading you to sign up for the welcome brunch next Sunday at both locations, both campuses, to take a small step. Uh, to find out more. We put a welcome card in the seat back in front of you. You can use that. You can fill that out uh, to sign up. Uh, you can fill out a digital version if you're watching online. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's volunteering. I mean, we have, we have many openings uh, for volunteers in our church. Let us know. Maybe it's just writing a prayer request on this card and then dropping it in the box on your way out today. You can also let us know on the card if you've made a decision today uh, to start following Jesus, let us know. We want to encourage you. We want to share resources uh, with you. Maybe some of us, you've never been baptized. And today can be the day. It may seem a little crazy, a little unplanned. But Jesus does that uh, from time uh, to time. And uh, maybe today you decide, I'm going to take the first step of following him and get baptized. We've got uh, everything that you need. We've got our baptistries filled up and heated up at both campuses. Uh, just come down front. Uh, come down front after the, the, the service if you'd like to be uh, baptized or if you need prayer. We have people uh, ready uh, to help you and to uh, serve you. Where do you need to say yes to Jesus today? You have no idea what hangs in the balance of a single decision in your life. You have no idea what God might do when you take a step toward following him. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for making each of us a masterpiece. And God, I pray you'll use this series to help us discover the more, the more that you have for us. God, there, there are some of us who probably need to leave behind old habits, old patterns, old life. I pray you'd help us to break those chains. Some of us, some of us may need to say yes to following you today and taking the first step of baptism. Give us the courage to take that step. God, others of us here today, maybe we've been following you for a while, but there's still something in our life, and we just know you want us to say yes. Whatever that is, God, I pray for the strength and courage to take a step, a step out of the boat to say yes to you. God, we have no idea what you might do when we take that step. And we pray all this in the name of Jesus. Amen.